This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. It's Voice of Change time and it is myself, Lauren Jacobs. It's Kate Pulpit and welcome to today's show. How are you feeling today? I hope that you have been having a wonderful October. Yes, we are into the months of spring. And so all around us, there is just such great beauty, isn't there? There's just so many wonderful things to behold. This week, I was at an exciting event. I was at the launch of the ICC T20 Women's Cricket World cup yes it's going to be taking place in south africa and here at our beautiful newland stadium as well as the awesome awesome vibey Boerland park out in paul and also it's going to be at st george's and we're going to be sharing i'm going to be sharing a bit about the run up to this throughout the show in the coming months throughout october november and we're going to be doing some giveaways as well but what i do want to say is that it's so phenomenal to see people reimagining how things are looking and reimagining how life is looking and you know in in this sense it's a reimagination of how women's sport is looking because for so long in many many different ways women's sport has really really taken a bit of a backseat and it's not just something that we say we see it in terms of how female sports people are paid how they are you know recognized how they are received the support we have at the stadiums so i really encourage you ticket sales open for the t20 women's cricket world cup that's going to be taking place in february 2023 go on over there and grab a ticket it's so cheap it's like 60 rand it's cheaper than a mcdonald's meal these days go on over and support our girls and hopefully south africa will be bringing it home no pressure no pressure at all and moving from sport to something else that is really a reimagination, and that is the four day work week now have you been hearing about the four day work week i have been hearing a bit about it from different sources and all over the show and i really wanted to get into what is this all about because i think for many people when we hear that we you know are thinking about having this four day week it begins to make one feel a little bit uncertain because historically we are used to our five day work week and saturday and sunday we have off and you know for those who are christians we have a sabbath day and we're supposed to be resting on that day go to church on that day spend time with family on that day and we've historically become used to the way that it works the way that the world works so to reimagine different things kind of makes us feel unsettled because we are so used to something else and so i really wanted us to get into what is the model of the four-day work week you know is this really just about having a day off or how do we then deal with our productivity because all of us these days we're trying to play catch up everybody's trying to play catch up and we don't have enough time we have all these whatsapp messages sitting on our phone that we need to get to all those unanswered emails that you kind of start but you never ever get back to you you or you even mark them as unread because you know that you need to get back to them and you never do it's like there's this plane of catch up so I have invited Karen Lowe. Now, she is the director of the Four Day Week South Africa NPC, and she's also the chairperson of the Four Day Week South Africa Coalition. 
now the coalition is actually quite exciting because it's a partnership of different people who have been involved in this space for quite a long time. So lots of advice, lots of research, lots of things that's going to be happening. So today on the show, I'm going to be joined by Karen and we are going to be unpacking what this is all about because I want to know, I'm curious and I want to know because I know a lot of people that have gone back to work after COVID and feel they were more productive at home, but now they have to get back in the office is there another way around that? And I know that employers have that fear of what happens when people aren't at work. Are they really working? You know, what does this really look like? And if anything, COVID has taught us that we need to reimagine work. So maybe we can begin to do that. And I'm hoping we can do that a bit on the show today. Reimagine what this looks like. Take a moment to unpack it and to realize there might be something in this. Also, Karen is going to be challenging us to get involved in an exciting pilot that they're going to be doing to really check out and experiment how this can work here in South Africa. Super exciting. So don't get anywhere. Stay with me. I'm with you for the next hour. Can't wait. It's going to be such a great conversation that we're going to be having on Voice of Change today because I know that many of you out there have heard or have read or maybe, you know, you've received an email or you've seen something in the paper on social media about the four-day work week. And this is quite an interesting conversation. I have been hearing slight murmurs of it, people saying, wow, you know, this sounds interesting. What is this about? But again, as we, you know, kind of, hear about it as it's shared on social media, we get an email or we sign up to a newsletter of somewhere and they send in some information out. We also know that we need to actually uncover what this is actually about. What is it? You know, is it just about, oh, I get an extra Friday off? Yes, it's like a public holiday. Or is this actually something more? And I'm so excited to be joined by Karen Lowe, the director of the four-day Workweek essay NPC. And she's also the chairperson of the four-day week essay coalition. So Karen, lovely to have you with me today. Welcome to the show. It's going to be great to unpack this conversation with you. Hello, Lauren, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, before we kick off into everything that we're going to discuss, because we got so much meat to get into today, I first want to know what is the initiative about? Because obviously you are the director of the four-day week in essay and this chairperson of the four-day week essay coalition. And it sounds very, very exciting. Tell us a bit about what is the initiative? What are the aims? What is happening with this? All right, so I think let me start with where it came from, because that's always a good a good part of the story. I think it's important that under, that that South Africans understand that uh, and typical Lauren, I'm terribly sorry, but we have a delivery, and this is what happens when you're working from home. So I'm just going <laughs> to carry on. That's okay. okay. That's so let's let's chat about where the initiative came from. So four day week global was founded in New Zealand by a gentleman called Andrew Barnes, alongside uh, an entrepreneur and philanthropist, Charlotte Lockhart. And this is in 2019. And he was really asking himself with his company, Perpetual Guardian, if they could improve productivity if they gave staff time off. So they went and did an experiment. That's basically what they did. They did their own pilot and they were astonished by the results. So what they saw was not only were staff in a better mental headspace, better well-being markers, but productivity actually went up. 
So they started looking at at how they could refine this into a model and challenge this notion of a five-day week, which has been around since the manufacturing era. Um, And obviously, post-COVID, we are seeing mental health scores really low across across the world. We're seeing uh, companies struggling with the return to work and hybrid and flexible working environments. And, and, and in fact, South Africa specifically, um, we have one of the lowest mental well-being scores in the world, according to, according to the Gallup findings. Mm. So, so this initiative really is a conversation about productivity at its heart. Secondary to that is a conversation about staff well-being and mental health in the workplace. And then there are another whole lot of other warm and fuzzy things that I like to talk about, which are, are more sort of socioeconomic or more social compact oriented. So, you know, we have we have even impact on environmental markers, for example, um, when people work less and spend less time in the office. But at the center of it is a model. And if I may, I would mm-hmm. love to explain to your listeners what that model is, because I think it really does explain the four-day week as an initiative and and, yeah. and, and what it's intended to to do. Mm. So sorry, sorry, I, I I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Karen. You know okay. what? I was just thinking, I was just thinking while you were talking, I was thinking, this sounds like something that we actually have to unpack. And I would love for you to share about that model because I think it it sounds more like that it's not just about like we keep saying having a day off. This is about there's there's deeper things here. So unpacking this model and getting the listeners and also just South Africans to understand what this is about, but also what is it going to look like? And I'd love to hand the floor over to you and just unpack that for us. Thanks, Lauren. So the 180-100 principle really speaks to the fact that we're after productivity. Let me explain this model to you a little bit more. So it's 180-100. So it's 100% of the pay, in other words, what you earn, for 80% of the time, so time spent at work, in exchange for a commitment to delivering 100% output, in other words, productivity. Mm. So I'll say that again, it's 100% pay for 80% of the time, in exchange for a commitment for delivering 100% output. Mm -hmm. But this is not just a day off. So this is not a Friday off or a Monday off or a Wednesday off. It could be, Mm -hmm. but for every organization, for every industry, for every individual, for every team, this model can be applied in slightly different ways um, from a time component. So what it is, is a gift from an employer to employee of time off. That time off, could be a day or it could be two half days. It could be an extra long weekend twice a month. For working moms, it might be an hour and a half off every day. So the idea is to get from a 40-hour working week to a 32-hour working week. Mm -hmm. But the big caveat here is that we have to understand the concept of productivity and not fixate on time because the output is really, really, really important. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's what we are able to produce without burnout, without additional stress and 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 stress from trying to cram it all into a four day week. That's not what this is about. It is about finding an optimal efficiency and 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 uh, an optimal outcome that an employee can produce that can impact 
the business in a positive way and therefore impact the employee in a positive way. Time off can also be spent in, a, in, a, in an individual's own way. You know, as a working mom, it could be time with kids. If, if you're into sports, it could be time for exercise. It could be leisure time. It could be time to perfect a new skill or to study mm. or to you know, to take take care of one of your hobbies or whatever that might translate to, whether you do social good within your community, whether you're mentoring others. So so that time off is is about balance um, and it's about well-being and it's about making sure that we're not wasting time unnecessarily at work. And this brings me to, I think, one of the reasons why this movement has gained such momentum globally. We know that COVID irrevocably changed the way that we work. Yeah. We know all around the world that that businesses have really struggled, as, as have employees, with this flexible hybrid return to work environment that we find ourselves in. And it's not all a bed of roses out there. Mm. And I think flexibility has almost become its own currency, just like time is. You know, people value flexibility. We, we've... we've especially in South Africa, when we had a sustained lockdown, we we, we shifted and learned and, and, and changed our behaviors and approach towards work. Mm-hmm. And now businesses, unfortunately, are demanding or mandating a return to work. And this is where mm-hmm. we're starting to mm-hmm. in the workplace with employees going, hang on a second, no, I, I achieved a better balance um, when I was working from home. I didn't have to travel, um, so I saved money on petrol. Uh, my carbon footprint was reduced. I could take care of the things that were important to me. I managed to fit in grocery shopping, kids' homework, um, or sport, all of those extra things. Um, and I think, you know, I think I, I think it is it is how you value me as an employee. Conversation started started happening, mm. and unfortunately, corporates, I think, Lauren, are still feeling, especially in South Africa, from many of the clients that I've spoken to, are still feeling that bums on seats is an important measure of a staff's mm. productivity. So they're working if I can see them. If I can't see them, they're not working. And this is, it's, 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 it's not mm. true. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a trust deficit that has, that is, that has started to, to, to manifest. And in fact, um, Microsoft released a fascinating report called the World Trained Index Pulse Report. Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they termed it productivity paranoia. It was really interesting because there's a disconnect between how much people say they're actually working and how much the leaders in the group think they are working. Mm-hmm. So there's this employee saying, hey, I'm productive, and leaders saying that they, you know, don't have confidence in the fact that their teams are productive Mm. and to the point at which they're using software to manage and track people's productivity but it's not about time how long how long is a zoom call uh meant to be an hour who says a zoom call and every meeting needs to be hour uh, uh, an hour long who's yeah. That that we should have three Zoom calls going at exactly the same time. Oh, hang on a second, with the WhatsApp interruptions going, plus another phone call coming from somewhere else. So 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 global has has got the stack of data together that's saying actually we're not as productive as we think we are. We're mm-hmm. obsessed with time, we're obsessed with bums on seats, we're obsessed with trusting our employees, but actually the conversation needs to go back to one line, and I love this. It's one of Charlotte's line lines or, or quotes she says we borrow our people from their lives we mm. borrow our people from their lives and for me that 
absolutely encapsulates that move from an employer-employee relationship to this concept that a business can actually go, hang on a second, I am borrowing time. How do I borrow that time better so that it serves the business? Because after all, I'm there to make a profit, but it also serves the employee in terms of he or her's ability to find balance and leisure time and time off. Mm. And and it's a we can we can speak about it for hours and hours and hours. There's so many different elements to this. But essentially, if you ask an employee, would they be able to maintain the same outcomes with less time on 100% pay? I think there are very few people that would say no. I think the conversation mm-hmm. then shifts to what do I need to produce that is of beneficial, you know, benefit to the company? What do we need to adjust in terms of what markers we're tracking from a productivity or outcome perspective? And then we're less obsessed with time. And even better, if it's in a team, the entire team has to solve the output. What impact does my value bring to the organization? And how can I better deliver that as an employee within less time for 100% pay? So so it's this wonderful, rich territory to move businesses' bottom lines forward, to challenge a historical notion that five days is, you know, the way yeah. to go, worse, sometimes even longer. And I think the notion that it can work across industries and across many different environments, in fact, we've had wonderful case studies coming out um, in a construction firm in New Zealand, where mm-hmm. they managed to extrapolate the data out. And with that time off that was gifted to construction workers, in other words, blue collar construction workers on site, mm-hmm. they found that extrapolating the data out, that there was going to be an increase in the retirement age for those workers. Mm-hmm. So generally, speaking, they would retire at 52, we could gift them potentially five to six additional years as a result. Now, who would have thought that construction would be an ideal environment for a four-day week? <laughs> yeah. So there's all these wonderful examples. Education mm. is another sector. Um, one of the most stressed and burnt out um, mm. our teachers are, are, they've had to pivot in COVID. They're stressed. Schools have changed. Pupils are under enormous pressure. That entire ecosystem has been challenged and disrupted. And I think there's a conversation that needs to be had in terms of what outcomes teachers produce because their value to a school or a tertiary institution or a Tibet college is not just their teaching. It's all of the emotional support that they lend their students. It's all mm-hmm. the, the embedded knowledge that they that they you know so willingly give mm-hmm. of themselves. But they also need to continue learning. They're in this continuous learning track and development. Yeah. Where do they find time mm-hmm. to be a mom, to be a parent? Mm. And and to develop their skills and their passions and love. And, I, and, I, and this is what it's all about. This four-day week is about a gift of time off and how we use it to the advantage of both an employer and an employee. You said so many important things here as well. And, you know, one of the things 
that I wanted to comment on was I, I've heard from a lot of people that I know personally that they were working from home, you know, like you said, during COVID, during the lockdowns and happened to be working, you know, from home for a year or more until, you know, things, the office started opening up again. And then like you, like you saying to us, you know, I, I know people that have said then suddenly my employer or the organization I was working for, the company said everybody has to be back at work this day in front of your computer, it, you know, bums on the chair. And it, it was like, and I know a lot of people that have said it was such a shock and it was like, but we still are being productive. We are still, you know, even though I'm doing my work behind my desk at, at my house in my pajamas, I'm still putting out the same productivity because I don't have to do any, you know, I'm just doing data or I'm just doing whatever. I don't have to see anybody. So I don't have to dress up. I'm saving on fuel. We know our petrol prices are something we always complain about. We know that there's load shedding as well. And I know a lot of people that work in companies where there is no backup when there is load shedding. Computers are off, Wi-Fi is off, you know, generators are expensive. So a lot of companies, especially maybe smaller companies, don't have that facility. So their employees are sitting on the chair in their workspace yet with not being able to do anything, but yet have that added burden of having to drive in. But it's like you're saying, there is there has become that obsession with trying to get employees back into the office. And again, it, it does come down, and I've heard a lot of people say that as well, to this almost this fear, that fear factor, that because they are at home, they are not working. But yet they are working because the productivity has remained the same. And so we need to then be challenging. And it's it's a challenge, I believe, for people who own businesses, big companies, large organizations, all sorts of companies, small, medium enterprise businesses, whatever it may be, to be challenged in their thinking to say, just because I have employees working from home doesn't mean that they are not busy, doesn't mean that they are not you know, working and are faithfully committed to the company. So it needs almost such a radical, you know, system of mindset change. And I was thinking specifically about women as well. Yesterday mm. I was at a large event and um, there's a, a, a lady that I met there and she said that she travels a lot for work. You know, she has a very uh, high impact job and she was away for 17 weeks of, oh gosh, that's, of a long time. that's a long time and she said it was very very difficult as well because her, she has three children and one was ill and it just started this whole thing and I was just really thinking about situations like that as well you know but before we carry on we're going to go to a really really quick music break we want you to enjoy some music but don't go anywhere because Karen is still with me after this and we're going to touch on what some of the benefits are of this a four-day week so stay tuned you with me, Lauren Jacobs, your voice of change today. And if you're just joining me, welcome to the show. I'm with Karen Lone. We are talking about the four-day week, the four-day work week. And Karen, what I also wanted to say is before we get into all the benefits, because I know we've only got a few more minutes to have this conversation, but I wanted to also know you you are guys are doing a pilot. Now tell us, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions about what a pilot is. Is like what how what are we going to be getting ourselves into? Tell us a bit about what a pilot is and what you guys are going to be doing and how companies and employees and employers can get involved with this. Thank you, Lauren. Yes, it's funny. The word pilot 
has sent people into a tailspin. It's really quite strange. Uh, my understanding, I think, having been in research, is I know that a pilot is an experiment, but mm. people people have got different sort of understandings of that word. So essentially, what we're inviting South African companies to do is come and experiment for six months and come and have a productivity experiment with us for six months. And at the end of that six months, we will have learned a lot from the global network that will be supporting the, the experiment or the pilot. Mm -hmm. And we all have learned a lot from each other in terms of the companies that are participating in the pilot. And essentially what, what it is, is a six-month program that is supported by four-day week global from a change management perspective. So employees, um, employers, sorry, approach their employees with the concept of a four-day week the the the, the 180 100 principle applies and then there is a bottom bottom up approach to developing this so establishing the productivity metrics and off we go so there's an entire onboarding conversation there is industry specific information that is given obviously the start is with those productivity metrics and and, and the start staff well-being scores which are what we're trying to track and the best and most exciting part about the south african pilot is because we're a south africa and we have such nuances within the South African environment. One of the things that I was very insistent on is that we get a local research partner. And we're delighted that Stellenbosch Business School is mm. going to work alongside Boston in this project. So that not only are we going to be tracking what the global pilots or experiments are currently tracking, we're going to start tracking whether we can turn the dial on some other South African um, nuances. And, and, and for mm. me, this is where I'm really, really passionate and excited about it. We have 7.7 .7 million unemployed youth in this country aged 15 to 35. Mm. And it is staggering how many people see this as a huge problem. I, on the other hand, believe it is our biggest opportunity. It is a young generation, yes, they are lacking in skills. Yes, there are mm. few work opportunities available for them. Yes, many of them aspire to go to university and perhaps shouldn't be going into university, dare I say that. But I mm. think one of the things that we can shift is organizations, if we can improve productivity, if we can improve mental well-being. If I know South Africans well, we are a nation that pays it forward. And I know in my heart of hearts what will happen is that we will be able to bring youngsters into the work environment because if we increase productivity, we increase bottom line, which means we start making space for graduates and school leavers to enter the workplace and gain experience. Hmm. So for me, there's a, there's a huge opportunity to turn the dial on youth development and skills upliftment. And then there's also a big opportunity to change the dial on our mental health and well-being. We, we shouldn't be one of the most depressed nations in the, in, in the world. Mm. Why do we need to stay that way? Yes, we're faced with load shedding. Yes, we're faced with political and economic instability. Yes, we've got failing state-owned enterprises. But you know what? Once again, South Africa is a resilient country, incredibly resilient, and it's jam packed full of exciting up and coming entrepreneurs and SMMEs and micro organizations that really from a gig economy perspective, I believe can 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 be inspired to, mm. to, to use the four day week as a as a conduit to to bringing more people into the workplace and re energizing employees and changing the way we recruit. And this is 
really the last departure point for me is, is because we've got such a young population, I feel very strongly that we haven't asked the young population what the future of work looks like for them. Yes. And I think we're making some very dangerous assumptions. If we do not consult our 7.7 million youth, plus those that are already employed. So actually what we've done with the coalition, um, which is not, not the pilot, it is a coalition is a group of organizations and individuals that are sitting together on essentially what it is, is a committee mm -hmm. where you can contribute skills, advice, mentoring. I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't. And I need strategic guidance from across the board, whether it's from a labor union or whether it's from someone like Philip Aguirre from Recruit My Mom, who's an expert in, 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 in mom and part-time employment. We need all of these individuals to come together and we need to consult the youth on what South Africa needs to re-energize it, to re-onboard employment, to re-energize the entire work sector, yeah. including the hard sectors, whether it be manufacturing, agriculture, mining. This is not and cannot be an exclusive uh, white-collar service-based exercise. It mm. has to be an inclusive and healthy debate around how we move South Africa from their obsession with time to an yeah. output productivity-based model. And I think if we can unlock that, we're going to see a lot of things in South Africa that start shifting, provided we can have it in an optimistic, healthy, and and sort of co-created way. I, I think I think this is going to have wonderful social compact for us. Mm, and I love the fact that this pilot is really like you framed it, a bit of an experiment, but there are so many advantages and also learnings that are going to be taking place in that. And not only just for you guys, but also for the people that will be participating. How do people get in touch? How do they sign up for this? How do companies, you know, just maybe even want more information? Maybe they're listening and saying, this sounds like a good thing, but I need a bit more info. How can they reach out and be able to find out more so lauren everything is published on fourdayweek.co.za on our website it's a very very simple three-page website you can read up about the pilot there you can read up about the coalition there and there are forms that can be completed so there's a pilot sign up form if you're ready to go and you would like to reach out you can complete that form and it'll come to me directly and as the pilot director i will respond and am responding individually to every inquiry that comes in um, and uh, all of our social media channels from Twitter to Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, are all four-day week SA. So it's so very, very easy to find. Um, I think, Lauren, I must just mention that there is a donation structure. It is incredibly okay. expensive to run experiments. And because of the academic involvement of Boston and Stellenbosch, we need, to, the, the, you know, the entire initiative needs to be funded. Global mm. has agreed to a RAND-based uh, donation structure so that we're not um, being pushed and pulled with the with the exchange rate fluctuations. So so businesses will be required to donate in order to be a part of the pilot. Mm -hmm. And that donation structure is on a sliding scale. So we've gone literally as low as micro businesses under 10 employees up to as high as businesses that have a thousand plus employees. And there is, you know, a very large from 5,000 Rand contribution to 340,000 Rand contribution. And that is a once-off payment to participate in the entire uh, pilot for six months, access to the exchange management program, access to the South African coalition and the support that the local, um, hmm. you know, area, individuals and experts are, are, are giving this pilot and, and just 
come and experiment with us and learn and 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 yeah let's change the future of work in South Africa for the better mm-hmm. I love that Karen, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for your passion and your energy that you bring to this and also challenging us. Like you said, let's reimagine what work can look like. And not only for us right now, but for the future generations, our young generation, which I know that I'm still part of. And I just want to thank you so much, Karen, so much for being here today. And yes, go. I'm going to give all the details again at the end of the show. Karen, thank you so much for being here and take care. Lauren, thank you very much for having me. Sure. A lot to think about. Karen, thank you for being with me today. It's been really great just to hear, just to understand what this model does look like. We had, we didn't even get in to looking at some of the research that has been done, which I know is a whole conversation on its own. Before this interview with Karen, she said to me, we can literally talk about this for hours. We can unpack the research. We can unpack the models. We can unpack the pilots. We can unpack the experiments has been done. And I really encourage you, if you interested in this the four-day week what it could look like is it possibly our future if you're one of those kind of people that like to kind of think deeply about things and think about the future as well you can go on over to the internet and look at some of those experiments that was were done and have been done one of the largest and most successful was done in the united kingdom where there was over three thousand companies that took part in and just looked at how it all worked over a period of a couple of months You know, you may be surprised to find that the five-day work week that we actually have adopted in our Western societies, because in many different societies, it does work differently and and structures are different. But this, we really have uh, this whole reality of this five-day work week because it was actually introduced in 1926 almost 100 years ago, and you won't be surprised, or you may be surprised to find that it was actually Henry Ford that introduced to his workers this five-day work week and he you know kind of said okay Saturdays need to be a day off it needs to be a Sabbath and it was a real big shift and there's actually a lot of history that's been written on this and I found it quite interesting when I was researching this whole topic to realize that there was this big shift and it came in with Henry Ford the factory workers there is this whole revolution that took place and this became the model for the typical work week and of course we know that the United States then decided a couple of years later that this was how it was going to be and they codified it so to say and it really really spread out to the rest of the world we are influenced by big nations like the united states and what is happening there and that was how we adopted the five-day work week so it's been with us for less than 100 years but what it has been is with us for our entire generation because i mean we're sitting here and we are just so used to this And of course, we know now that the question is being asked, should we continue with a five-day work week or should we have a four-day work week? Is this the next revolution, so to say? It's a good idea, but it's going to need a lot of unpacking. There's going to need to be some clear things that are going to need to be considered. And we know, of course, that sometimes, and let us be honest here on Voice of Change today, because we like to straight talk. And sometimes you work a little bit more and one of the people in your office doesn't work as much. And then suddenly they have one day less. Does this mean that you're going to have to do more work because you're already doing more work because the other people aren't doing as much work? So there's going to have to be clear 
boundaries is going to have to be collaborative work what if you don't really get along with your team or there's fragments in your team what's that going to look like pros and cons but of course we also know that people are excited about the idea of having four days but are those four days going to be intense work obligations does it mean that instead of having this that one day extra you're actually going to be working more hours in your four days what is that going to look like so there's a lot to you know really unpack and discuss but the the pros of this is and what has been found that you know employee satisfaction actually has increased that we see through the experiments that have been done there was a greater company commitment and actually teamwork actually also increased and it also decreased stress levels and better satisfaction at work and just having this reality of knowing I'm part of a team and we're doing what we can and we're working for productivity we've been paid the same but we're getting an extra day off wow I'm satisfied with my company my company cares about me and I want to be here so there are pros and there are cons and I think that it's good that we begin to research and analyze this so do not forget if you or your company and I I really encourage this I think it'll be so much fun to do if you or your company want to get involved and want to be part of that pilot that a bit of an experiment go on over to four daywork.co.za you can look on twitter facebook instagram at four day week south africa and go on over and learn about what they are doing i think it's going to be quite interesting i'm looking forward to seeing the results it's been really really great to be with you today i pray that you have been super blessed that your week has been awesome and if not i really pray that god's grace and mercy peace and love his comfort his joy and everything that you need today will be yours in jesus mighty name see you next week This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.